This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Tuesday, August 20th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Alley. Here's today's headlines. Mountain lions as endangered species. White House targeting aid programs. And Pence ties USMCA to China talks. Fish and Game to consider mountain lions as endangered species. The California Fish and Game Commission will be considering a petition to list mountain lions as protected under the California Endangered Species Act, or CESA. Ag groups contend this will leave livestock vulnerable to unchecked predation. The commission received the petition at a meeting earlier this month. Protecting livestock. In the meeting, Kirk Wilbur of the California Cattlemen's Association said the move would go against Proposition 117. Voters approved the ballot initiative protecting mountain lions in 1990. Subsequent amendments allowed the take of mountain lions when they pose a threat to livestock. Noel Creamers of the California Farm Bureau added that those petitions are only issued after the Department of Fish and Wildlife has determined that a mountain lion has already killed livestock or pets. Focused impacts. Creamer said, Often folks will come up and testify that predator loss to livestock is a very small percentage of the overall numbers of livestock lost. Yet those numbers are concentrated among a small number of farms and ranches that see most of the predation impacts, she said. SoCal's Lions. Two environmental groups, the Center for Biological Diversity and the Mountain Lion Foundation, submitted the petition. The proponents believe that the listing is the only chance for survival of the Southern California and Central Coast Mountain Lion groups. Next, the commission will not consider arguments until after the CDFW has conducted a review. That will likely be completed in December, and the commission will take up the full debate in its February meeting. Kangaroo Rat. The commission also voted to list the San Bernardino kangaroo rat as endangered. This smaller subspecies of kangaroo rat inhabits regions that have largely been developed into urban communities, some of which were once farms. Striped Bass. In December, the commission will vote on a petition to update its Delta fisheries and striped bass policies. The Coalition for Sustainable Delta, which advocates for Central Valley agriculture interests, said the controversial 1996 policy on striped bass is long overdue for a science-based update. Coalition spokesperson Michael Bocadoro received jeers from the audience while testifying at a recent meeting. Environmentalists, however, received broad applause when calling the coalition a conspiracy by billionaire Stuart Resnick. He runs the wonderful company which farms almonds, pistachios, wine grapes, and citrus in the San Joaquin Valley. Sport fishing interests are also opposed to the petition. Adjusting the two policies could result in more flows from the Delta to Central and Southern California through the state and federal water projects. USDA expands citrus greening quarantine areas. The expanded quarantine includes parts of Los Angeles, Orange, Riverside, and San Bernardino counties, as well as parts of Louisiana and Texas. The disease has spread by the Asian citrus psyllid, and many of the detections come from backyard trees in Southern California. The USDA Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service is in parallel with the CDFA's expanded quarantine that began in July. Aid groups worry over possible cuts. 
Feed the Future research programs at major land-grant universities around the country could be at risk as the White House considers canceling up to $4 billion in unspent foreign aid funding at the State Department and U.S. Agency for International Development. The White House Budget Office has been preparing a list of rescissions that is expected to be released as soon as today, setting up a fight with Congress. The fiscal year ends September 30th. Sources say the target list has been changing in recent days. A list provided to AgriPulse by a major aid organization indicated $6.5 million in funding for the Feed the Future Innovation Labs could be cut, as well as $30 million in food security funding earmarked for faith-based organizations. Another $73 million in community development funds financed through the Food for Peace program is also at risk. Jacob Ricker Gilbert, who oversees Purdue University's Feed the Future Innovation Lab for food processing and post-harvest handling, said his project is proceeding as normal at this point and hoping it isn't affected. UC Davis manages five of those programs. The Feed the Future Innovation Labs conduct research aimed at developing countries. They cover a range of research areas from gender equity and financing to sustainable agriculture, climate-resilient chickpeas, and genetic solutions to Newcastle disease in chickens. China Ambassador Confers with Trump Terry Branstead, the U.S. Ambassador to China, met yesterday with President Donald Trump. There's no readout of the meeting, but Iowa Senator Johnny Ernst told reporters over the weekend that Branstad planned to talk to the president about the ongoing China trade negotiations, the protests in Hong Kong, and the biofuel usage exemptions that the EPA has been giving to small refineries. Branstad is a former governor of Iowa. Pence links USMCA to China talks. Vice President Mike Pence is trying to increase the pressure on Democrats to approve the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement by saying the pact is critical to prospects for a deal with China. By passing the USMCA, we'll strengthen the president's hand in negotiations with China, Pence said in a speech yesterday to the Detroit Economic Club. Pence also expressed optimism about the negotiations with China. Trump has a positive relationship with President Xi. And we have great respect for the Chinese people. We're in the midst of productive discussions with China, and they'll continue in the weeks ahead. Walnut producer joins tariff challenge. A walnut farm in California is supporting a lawsuit challenging the president's authority to impose Section 232 tariffs for national security reasons, saying the U.S. agriculture has suffered irreparable harm. The lawsuit was filed August 6 by the American Institute for International Steel. Basarai Farms has filed since a friend-of-the-court brief. The lawsuit is an appeal of a March decision by the Court of International Trade. Retaliatory tariffs have significantly decreased the total amount and price of U.S. agriculture exports, including walnuts, asserts the farm. It's a 300-acre operation in Yuba City growing walnuts and prunes. The walnut sector alone is facing retaliatory tariffs ranging from 15 to 100 percent from China, India, and Turkey, markets that made up 15 percent of the walnut shipments in 2016-17, according to the brief. Section 232, quote, unconstitutionally extends the president's authority to adjust imports over the entire economy, regardless of any impact on national security. Basaray Farms argues in their document. 
Looking to the future, Basrai Farm says a mere threat of tariffs on European and Japanese automobiles is already affecting the ag industry and cites a study showing that if additional Section 232 tariffs are placed on cars, gross domestic product would likely fall about one-third of a percentage point and result in the loss of more than 200,000 full-time jobs. Update on employment figures. Despite the high job growth numbers reported yesterday, the Central Valley struggles with high unemployment, according to CalMatters. Tulare County saw 10% unemployment last month, while Kern County had 8.4%, and Fresno County was at 7.3%. Here's today's He Said It. When I go home to San Francisco, I bring my food scraps with me. That Jared Bloomfield, in a recent interview on KQED, he was lamenting over Sacramento not having a citywide composting program, though it has experimented with one before. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Tuesday, August 20th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.